All right, folks, welcome into another brand new edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Dockery. You can find me on Twitter at LDoc93. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. You can find us on Facebook as well. Just search 901 Soccer. We'll pop right up. Today, we are going to be discussing Memphis Americans over Fayetteville Fury men's women's doubleheader, doubleheader. Yes, that's, I said doubleheader, doubleheader, a doubleheader of doubleheaders, if you will. Uh, as both Friday and Saturday night, both the Memphis Americans men's and women's teams got wins over the Fayetteville Fury to either remove, remain in first place or to move back into first place in the NISL. So we'll talk about that for a little bit. Uh, apologies. Uh, I did promise this last night as I was leaving the Lander Center. Uh, unfortunately, after working several games out at Mike Rose yesterday in the 29 degree weather with, uh, you know, high winds. I was a little bit more wiped out than I had anticipated, so I got home and sat down on the couch just to uh, kind of collect myself, and I decided it would be a good idea to just rest my eyes for five minutes, and we all know how that always goes when you decide to just rest your eyes very briefly, and the next thing I knew, I woke up and it was 11.30, and I didn't really feel like doing anything other than getting off the couch and going to bed. Uh, So that's uh, why we're recording this on Sunday instead of Saturday immediately following the two games. So I do apologize for that. Uh, again, I was out at Mike Rose again uh, today, and it was not nearly as bad as it was yesterday, but it was still quite cold. Uh, and for those of you that know me, you know I much prefer to be refereeing in oppressive heat than miserable cold. So this was like my own personal hell. But uh, I'm here I'm here to give you the, the, the rundown on what happened with the Americans at the Lander Center on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, but before we get there, just want to remind everybody that the show is brought to you by Fave Firm. If you are in West Tennessee or North Mississippi and are thinking about the possibility of having to file a bankruptcy case, or if you're facing issues like wage garnishment, uh, vehicle repossession, eviction or foreclosure, medical bills, credit card bills, any of that, give the folks at Fave Firm a call and they can... Uh, get you taken care of. That number to call is 662-536-1116. And you can find them on uh, Twitter at Firm or on Facebook and just search Firm and uh, see what they can do for you. So the Americans game, we'll start uh, Friday night. Friday night was, uh, again, a doubleheader, uh, as they all are. And this was, I believe, this is the third time I've been to Lander Center for these games, so I'm getting getting kind of into a good rhythm, good flow, uh, deciding how early I actually need to get there. And since rosters and team sheets and information like that, which I tend to look over and provide starting lineups and whatnot for not one FC games, um, I'm not giving and given any of that. So I don't. I've, I've made the executive decision that I don't need to start getting to the the Americans games nearly as early as I do for the not one FC games. Uh, it also helps that. The Lander Center is just uh, 10 minutes from both my office and my house. So getting there uh, isn't ever going to present too terribly much of a challenge unless there's a bad wreck at Church in 55, which you never know might happen. But so I've kind of gotten into a flow, into a rhythm, know what to expect, uh, except it's one of those things doing doing these Americans games, there's always something new. You always either remember something that you forgot or you learned something new. And uh, Friday night, we got to experience our first overtime game in an indoor soccer game. And that was uh, interesting as the the women's game went to overtime. Uh, I believe they were tied at 2-2, if I'm not mistaken. And 
ended up uh, the rules for overtime. It's a one 10 minute overtime period. It's golden goal, sudden death, whichever one you want to call it. Golden goal. Uh, and if you're still tied at the end of the 10 minutes, we didn't get this far thanks to Memphis, the Americans winning the game with a hat trick goal from Bailey Tadlock. But I believe once you get through that 10 minutes, the you go NHL hockey regular season shootout style where it's the best of three and you get the ball at the either midfield or at the yellow line and you get to dribble in and either score or don't. And that would be fascinating to watch. If I'm not mistaken, for the first several years in MLS, that is what the tiebreak procedure was. But uh, we didn't have to get that far courtesy of uh, Bailey Tadlock. So the Memphis Americans women, uh, they had been fairly evenly matched with uh, several of the other teams that they've played, but that was not the case for Fayetteville. That was, uh, even though, the, even though it went overtime and then the game Saturday, uh, wasn't a drubbing, but it was, overtime was, it was interesting. It was every, you were kind of hanging on every play, which as a, as a fan of the game, that's what you want. You want to be invested. You want to be entertained. You want to have the highs and the lows. Well, I mean, you don't really want to have the lows, but without the lows, the highs aren't nearly as uh, nearly as high. Um, so to be able to get to experience an overtime like that was was actually quite entertaining, um, and that was a lot of fun. So, and of course, getting the win was was the most important. And they get to, they remain in first place. I cannot remember. I want to say they're 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 in first by quite a bit. I don't. I think they maybe lost one game on the road. Um, but undefeated at home, uh, moved to the men's game. The men's game uh, was was kind of a back, kind of a physical game, and uh, Fayetteville was in first place. Uh, they had on their most recent road trip, Memphis had dropped the men's team had dropped the doubleheader. The men's team had the to Fayetteville, and so they were back at home looking for revenge, and they got it on Friday night to. I think that that kept them one game back. So then you fast forward it to Saturday, and one of the things that I was kind of hoping for on Saturday is I hearken back to I've done it before, and with the Americans, you're going to hear me do this a lot, just because that has been my experience in the building. But hearken back to the old River Kings games back in you know sometime between 2007 and 2011, uh, the golden years of the River Kings, in my opinion, the golden era of a lot of times you would have, you know, a Friday-Saturday doubleheader with the River Kings and the same two teams. Usually, more often than not, it was against Bossier Shreveport, the Mudbugs, uh, just based on region travel. Ever, there were, I remember one time there was the Texas Brahmas, and uh, to celebrate that, for whatever reason, one of the dealerships on Goodman here in South Haven had a Brahma Bull out front uh, that you could, I guess, take pictures with. But, uh, so, usually... Everybody went all out in the Friday night game, and then the Saturday game, it wasn't like a goof-off night, but it was it was going to be fight night because, you know, the familiarity, especially if it had been a close game the night before, you were going to see some different stuff and, and you know, give the people what they wanted. Uh, so I was kind of, I don't want to say hoping, but I kind of, in the back of my mind, thought that, hey, second night of a doubleheader, you know, back second night of a back-to-back. Oh, God, I sound like an NBA person. That's terrible. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Uh, second game in two nights. 
close, physical, hard-fought game the night before, maybe we're going to see some fireworks. And while we didn't see fisticuffs or bad blood or anything like that, the men's game on Saturday was wildly entertaining. Um, And it was right off the bat, like the first quarter was blazing, balls out, incredible indoor soccer. Memphis would score, Fayetteville would tie it. Memphis would score, Fayetteville would tie it. Memphis would score, Fayetteville... Uh, Memphis took the lead three separate times. Fayetteville tied it three more times. And then 30 seconds after they tied it the third time, they took the lead. So it's four to three. And then everything kind of calmed down. And then in the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, it went hog wild again. And uh, Memphis got a pair of goals, including Corey Adamson, player, coach, owner? I don't know if he's the owner. No, he's not. I don't know if he has some ownership capacity. I don't know. That's not a question for me. That's a question for somebody else. But uh, I'd like to compare him to Jackie Moon from Semi-Pro, player, owner, coach. Um, But Corey Adamson got the ball at midfield and just started walking up with it, and everybody decided they weren't going to close him out. So he said, all right, and he let it rip and tied it up, upper 90. Shortly thereafter, Memphis came right back and scored again, made it 5-4, to set up kind of a, a grandstand finish, and they got the win to move back into first place, reclaiming that position from Fayetteville. Uh, I think they were, they have the same record and they have the same head-to-head record, but the goal difference, I believe, is the next tiebreaker, and Memphis was plus 23 goal difference, while Fayetteville was plus 19. I believe that's the number that was thrown out on on press row. Um, Again, you, you could look at the standings, and that would tell you better than I could at this specific moment in time. But uh, first place is first place, no matter how many tie break, how, how many tie breaks you have to go through to get there. I'm not going to complain about being in first place. Uh, so then you move to the women's game, and it didn't quite live up. The, I think the bar got set too high by that men's game to start the ninth on Saturday. Um, just plus, I mean, it wasn't a bad game at all, especially with you know comprehensive three zero win. Nothing to complain about there. Uh, there was one moment where. Uh, if you were following along on the Twitter feed, w- where I made reference to it, seems like the Americans are full of the walking wounded as there is a player down for Memphis and Corey Adamson is limping more visibly than she is as he comes out to check her. And uh, that's because Corey picked up a bit of a knock in the men's game. Uh, I think somebody put him into the wall a little bit too hard, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, we certainly hope that that's nothing serious because he was limping very noticeably uh, he, he gutted it out, Power to more power to him. He gutted it out and played through the pain for the remainder of the men's game after he got hurt, and uh, it came in handy because he scored the game-tying goal and then set up the the winning goal. And then, you know, got back, put you know, got in the shower, put the suit on, came out, was on the bench for the women's game, and guided them to a 3-0 I won't say easy, but it was comprehensive. There weren't very many moments where you were sweating whether they were going to win that game or not. Um, but all in all, it's another another round of fun. I believe the next home game is a week from today, so that'll be next Sunday. Um, I don't remember what time or again, like the uh, one thing you kind of expect, and they're real good about this at AutoZone Park at the 901 FC games is telling you when the next home game is. 
I may have had a minor stroke and blacked out, but I don't recall there ever being, uh, you know, a message on the Jumbotron or an announcement over the public address system when the next home game is. But if I'm remembering correctly, I believe the discussion amongst us upstairs was that it was going to be, when was it going to be? Next Sunday. Yes, I believe that was right. I believe it was going to be next Sunday. So, um... I'll put something out on Twitter or Facebook if that's not correct, but everybody should make a make, try to get down there at least once. I know I was kind of hoping with it being Friday and Saturday that maybe the crowds would be a little bit bigger on Saturday, you know, with, you know, people that might not know, hey, uh, you know, there's a game Friday, but you might not know about the game on Saturday. But uh, the crowds were probably about the same both days. Um if I had to guess, I'd say somewhere between three and five hundred people. Not, 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 fil- not packing it out by any stretch of the imagination. But I will say this: the crowds have been for the three games that I've been to, and uh, like I said, the fourth one, the first one was uh, allegedly very well attended. I wasn't there for it, so I don't know that for a fact. But the crowds have been consistent. They haven't been big, but they have stayed about the same. Just based on my, what I've seen with my eyeballs. Again, I haven't walked up and down each row counting the number of people, and there are not official attendance figures made available to us, but uh, just based on purely anecdotal, observational evidence, the crowds have been about the same. Um, and that was kind of a worry of mine, is that as the season went on, that the crowds have kind of started to taper off, and that hasn't happened yet, and fingers crossed, knock on wood, let's hope that it doesn't. As far as how to get more people there, it's I was kind of hoping I'd see some sort of Memphis Americans tent out at Mike Rose this weekend. Didn't didn't see that. Um, hopefully, they will do some sort of cross promotion with 901 FC. Hopefully, there will be like a Memphis Americans night at the 901 FC game, or there will be a 901 FC night at the Americans game, or something like that. Um, I want. I, I think maybe the only thing that would hold that up is a neither organization wanting to do that, or b. I wonder if somebody's going to try to make the point that that would feel like some sort of uh, competition, which I don't think they are. It's an indoor team versus an outdoor team, and there's not a lot of overlap in the schedule. I feel like it would be mutually beneficial to have like those crossover nights, like one night I want to see. Hey. Uh, meet some of the 901 FC players, autographs, pictures, have the booth out on the concourse, uh, put them up on the Jumbotron, and then and the, like one of the first couple of 901 FC home games, have meet some of the Americans players, have Coach Adamson speak at halftime or something like that, you know. Um, in my estimation, there's really no reason not to do that, but, you know, nobody ask, nobody really asks me these things, and then even when I do... Even in those rare occasions when they do, they don't listen. So how, how many times have I yelled on this, on this show and in person about 901FC needing to make, a present, make their presence known at these tournaments at Mike Rose? I didn't see them out there this weekend either. So um, who knows? But hopefully more people will catch wind because these games are very fun. They're very entertaining. We had a back-and-forth men's game on Saturday. We had the women's game go to overtime on Friday. It's a lot of fun, and there is there's goals. You know, that's that's one thing that I think kind of keeps the 
the general, the the non-soccer population away from 901 FC games is, oh, well, it's soccer, it's boring, there's not enough goals. Well, you, there was a stretch where that was definitely the case with 901 FC. That wasn't the case so much last year, but um, that has... Scoring in indoor is not a problem. Uh, I believe in the first game, the women's team scored 10 goals. So uh, definitely, if, if, if you want to see entertaining goal scoring, uh, Memphis Americans indoor soccer, that's the way to go. But I think that is going to uh, wrap it up for us here today. Um, thanks, everybody. Oh, one more thing. Uh, not Memphis Americans related, but 901FC related, as the U.S. Soccer announced the pairings for the second round, I believe, of the U.S. Open Cup, and the 901FC has been drawn against Chattanooga FC. That's not to be confused with the Chattanooga Red Wolves, but that's Chattanooga FC. That is a matchup we were supposed to have at Mike Rose two years ago, but COVID shut everything down, unfortunately, which was a real shame because that was something I was really looking forward to, and I know a lot of other people were as well. Uh, unfortunately, this matchup with Chattanooga FC is not going to be at Micros. It is set for Finley Stadium in Chattanooga. So, depending on when it is, what else I have going on between work, Memphis Americans, and refereeing, I may try to go cover that for you. The problem is Chattanooga is a six-hour drive, which means it's also a six-hour drive back. Uh, and it's more than likely going to be a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday I really want to spend 12 hours in the car on week on a weeknight. Mm, I don't know. But if I can somehow finagle it, or if it's on a weekend, uh, I might be willing to travel. Because here's the thing. I think what has hurt 901FC the last two years in terms of perception and awareness among the population in Memphis is outside of the regular season games, there haven't been anything else. And I've I've... I may have beaten the horse to death on this point, but I think one of the reasons that people were so excited and crowds were so good that first year, A, it was a new team, but B, you had other stuff. You had three home Open Cup games. You had the exhibition against Pachuca. So I think if they can go on the road in the Open Cup and get a win, I think that would raise the profile of the team here, so to speak. Um, you know, more positive vibes uh, and more, ch you know, with a chance to... If they keep winning, eventually host an MLS team. And that would be, we saw how awesome that was when they hosted Orlando at Mike Rose, and it was a close game. Uh, and you know, may, may or may not have been a bad refereeing decision in there. That kind of opened the, the floodgates for Orlando. But, you know, they were, they were that day, and the next day, they were the talk of the town. So, you know, if... Getting to play Chattanooga, I think, is good. It's regional. That is a... I don't want to use the term rivalry because we'd never actually played before. Um, and go, back in the day had a fantastic, when Memphis City was playing both at Micros and at CBHS, had a great relation with relationship with the Chattahooligans. Uh, they got a little bit bitter when USL came to town um, and went full indie soccer brain, calling us sellouts and corporate shills and all of that. And that... that irritated me at the time and it's and as, as, as the days have gone on it's kind of just dropped off my radar but um i hope it can turn into a robbery i hope we get drawn against them in the open cup on a not maybe regular basis i don't want to necessarily play them every year because i would like there to be some variety but you know 
maybe have a preseason exhibition in Chattanooga, have one here, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, don't have dates or times yet. I don't know how you can announce matchups and not have dates or times for it set, but I got to imagine it's going to be mid to late March, early April, maybe, and it'll probably be on a weeknight, unfortunately. But if everything lines up just right, the 901 Soccer Podcast, for the second time only, will try to make a road trip and cover uh, cover a game. So we'll see what happens as we get closer to that. Uh, but anyway, that's going to wrap it up here for us today. Thanks for uh, tuning in and listening. Again, I'm your host, Lawrence Docker. You can find me on Twitter at LDoc93. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. Check us out on Facebook. Search 901 Soccer. And we will talk to you Uh, hopefully next Sunday, if that's when the next uh, Americans home game is. We will talk to you then.